Hey everyone, you're listening to Yap Snacks, a series of bite-sized content hosted by me, Hala Taha. Today we'll be talking about finding a career path that's perfect for you. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor, 4 million Americans quit their jobs in July 2021, and that number has only continued to rise over the last few months. They have dubbed this phenomenon the Great Resignation. You might be thinking to yourself, that's me. I'm one of those people. Or you at least thought about becoming one of those people, probably more than once. Many people are unhappy with their career path that they've chosen, and they feel stuck. And I'm here to tell you that's okay to feel that way. Knowing that a career change is possible is only the first step. But how do you know what profession or career path is right for you? It's easy to become stagnant in a job or career you're not really happy with and miss out on a dream job without even realizing it. And you don't need to be in business for yourself to feel like you're following the right career path. There are so many companies out there, large and small, that can be the perfect fit for you. The Yap team has broken down the best advice that we could find on this topic to bring to you our latest Yap Snacks, the ABCs to a better career. Let's start off with some actionable advice from career coach, speaker, and best-selling author, Kristen Sherry, from episode number 63, Find Your Dream Job. Number two is you want to start with you. What are all of your success stories? So looking at your talents, looking at your skills, what are the things that you have done that you're very proud of in your career? Were you able to recover a relationship of a top client that was about to leave the organization and your skills at diagnosing problems and building relationships were so strong that you recovered a $1 million a year project for your organization? Like what are all your stories. And then you want to ask yourself, who needs this? So we tend to look what's out there. What are jobs out there and where can I shoehorn myself in? Mm. But you really want to start, what do I do best? And now who needs that most? And so I'll give you an example. I had a woman I was working with. She was in business development and she did sales. And I think they sold tools a tool company. (laughs) And she really didn't care about tools. (laughs) And she really didn't like business development. And when she went through these four pillars of career fit, what we found out is really the three things that she did best was she was really good at strategy. She was really good at innovating. And she was very good at analysis and breaking down root causes of problems. So I said, well, just plug those three words into indeed.com. See what comes up. So she put strategy, innovation, analysis. And she got back a strategic innovation analyst role at a bank. And she's in that (laughs) role now. And she said she feels so fulfilled because she was able to go and tell stories because you're going to use the things that you do best, whether or not it's in your job description. You can't be a strategic person and walk into an unstrategic job and not be strategic or give strategic ideas that are implemented or bring strategy to the way you do your own job. You, you can't turn it off. Yeah. So tell those stories and then the people realize you can do exactly what we need. Okay, so let's get on to the ABCs for a better career. The first is A for align. We must first align our future with our interests. Finding your dream career is answering the big question. What do I love to do? In episode number 50, The Science of Perfect Timing with Daniel Pink, a four-time New York Times bestselling author, Daniel gives us a unique way to approach this question. If you go back in time to when I was in college, all the way through into jobs that I, very demanding jobs that I had here in Washington, working in politics. 
throughout that period, and we're talking 15 years, maybe mm-hmm. the whole time I was quote unquote writing on the side. So when I was in college, when I was in law school, I was writing articles and columns for newspapers and magazines. Even when I was working, I was writing articles and essays and things for magazines. Even in some of the jobs that I had where I couldn't get paid for outside work, understandably, if you're working in the federal government, I was still doing it. I was doing it for free. And it finally dawned on me at a certain point that what I was doing on the side was what I was good at and what I should be doing. And so for me, the dual lessons of this are, one, figure out what you're not good at, because that's going to be a very wide universe of things and try to avoid that. And two, instead of trying to find your passion or think too much, just sort of pay attention to what you do and what you do offers a window into who you are. If you don't have a side hustle that can turn into a career, don't worry. There are many ways of figuring out your strengths. Instead of taking online quizzes or personality tests, try asking your family and friends to point out your natural strengths. Sometimes we show off our talents without even noticing. In episode number 98, Design Your Dream Career with Ashley Stahl, a counterterrorism expert turned career coach entrepreneur, Ashley goes over 10 core skill sets that you should be looking out for within yourself. They, just because I have an interest or a passion in something, uh, it doesn't equate to a skill set in it. And so my biggest advice I would say for career advisors and anybody in their career right now is to upgrade the quality of questions that you're asking yourself to get clarity in your career. And that starts with instead of asking yourself, what industry do I want to be in? What am I passionate about? Those are good questions. But what a great question is to me is what is my best core skill set? When have people seen me at my best? Because according to research... We thrive when we are doing well at something. We enjoy ourselves. We have a better time. We like ourselves more. And um, I think a lot of the time people might pursue a passion, but it forces them to work in an area of their skill set that doesn't really align with who they are or where they're gifted. So I would say any given person has probably three or so core skill sets. And it's important to figure out what is that primary one? Like in my case, words is my number one core skill set. And from there, once you figure out your core skill set, asking yourself, how do I want to express this? Because your skill is like an umbrella that can fan out to many different job titles, many different responsibilities. But your skill set is really the what of your career. And that matters first and foremost, how you're harnessing your energy throughout the day. Yeah. And can you give us some other examples of core skill sets? Like what are some common ones that people have? Yeah. Well, I have a list of 10 if you want to jam through all of them for our note takers. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the first one is innovation. And the innovation core skill set is all about you know, the creative self-starter who's the entrepreneur, or it's somebody within a company who is an intrapreneur. It's a highly creative person. Maybe they run their own book of business under a company, um, but they are a creative problem solver. And then the second core skill set I think about a lot is building. And these skill sets are kind of energy fields. So it's not just how you're using, you know, your how you're thinking you're doing responsibilities. It's also how you're using your energy. So building can be quite literal, like a construction worker. It can also be more of a metaphor, like a website designer or a web builder. And then the third skill set I would say is mine, the words skill set. I'm guessing you probably have 
Yeah, Somewhere. I feel like I'm words and innovation uh, yeah. mixed we'll see. together. We've got like seven more. We'll start, but yeah, you probably <laughs> are, uh, especially you know having worked at Disney and stuff like that. You've got some innovative mindset going on. And number four is motion. So people don't necessarily realize that being in motion is a skill set, but these are the for, the for the people who are on their feet all day and that's how they thrive. It could be a tour guide, it could be a hairdresser, it could be a, um, a fitness influencer, physical trainer type of person. And it's important, by the way, as you kind of go through these to reflect on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, because I know there's a lot of research on being an ambivert, for example, but if you're an introvert, like I somewhat am in my career, contrary to how I probably sound, I sound very extroverted. My word skill set is going to manifest internally. It's going to look like me writing. It's going to probably look like me having a podcast like I do more than me out there on a stage speaking. And it's funny because people who research me, they're going to find a couple of big speaking engagements I've done, but they're going to find more podcast episodes and things that are not behind a video camera because I'm an introvert. And so I think it's really important to kind of know that about yourself. The fifth core skill set is service. This one brings up a whole different slew of questions. These are for our humanitarians, our supporters. And when I think about the service core skill set, there are people who are just natural born helpers. But sometimes it comes from a wounded place where maybe it's a coping mechanism. They learned how to be a people pleaser or an overgiver, and that has really influenced how they show up in their career. So it's so important to be able to reflect on where your skill set comes from. Is it really a skill you have or is it more of a coping mechanism that you've had to learn so that you can stay authentic because you don't want your trauma to be what you lead with? And yet it can be both. It can be that you had to learn how to be a people pleaser and you love helping. It's just important to ask those questions. And number six is coordination. These are, you know, the people probably on your podcast helping you get the logistics done, the event coordinators, operations, project managers, the world moves because of these detail-oriented people. And, and then analysis. And this is a funny one because at the Pentagon, you know, in counterterrorism, I had to work in the analysis arena. And that's not my skill set. And that's why I was so exhausted in my job all the time. And if you look at analysis, it was really me misunderstanding the words core skill set. So I, I didn't realize I'm good at words. That's my skill. And so I kind of looked at intelligence analysis and thought, this is a way for me to use words. But really what I was doing was living in analysis, not in creative words, not in expressing myself with words. So you, you kind of have to notice that there's different versions of how people can interpret their skill set. Or even if you look at a psychologist, you might have one psychologist who leads with words and the way they express themselves is so healing for someone versus a psychologist who's really analytical and they lead with analysis and the advice they give comes through that lens and that skill set. None are better than the other, but it's important to know where you lead. And um, then we've got number eight, which is numbers. Pretty straightforward, our number crunchers. And number nine, technology. So these are our you know, tech troubleshooters, our artificial intelligence creators. They probably also have some innovation in them. And then number 10, which is my favorite one, I feel like you have some of that because you're so well put together, is beauty. So this is the core skill set that makeup artists, interior designers, jewelry designers will have. They make art of the world around them. And I absolutely love that skill set. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. 
I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at Yap. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where 
they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Yap is brought to you by 8sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer when it comes to leveling up your productivity and ultimately the quality of your life. But did you know that more than 30% of Americans struggle with their sleep? That's why I've teamed up with our friends at 8sleep and their Pod Pro cover to help you fall asleep and stay asleep. Here's a hack to get a better night's rest tonight. Maybe you haven't had a bedtime since you were a kid, but having a consistent sleep schedule helps your body maintain your optimal circadian rhythm. Once your body gets into the habit of going to bed and falling asleep at the same time every single day, you'll begin to fall asleep faster and wake up actually feeling rested. Keeping up with a sleep schedule will not only improve the quantity of your sleep by getting more consistent hours in, but it will also tremendously improve the quality of your sleep too. And while the exact perfect number of hours of sleep for every person varies, the most important key with a sleep schedule is consistency, making sure you're falling asleep and waking up at relatively the same time every day, even on the weekends. I know that's pretty hard, but you gotta do it. If you think that keeping a sleep schedule is far too difficult, 8sleep is here to make it easy. The ProPod cover from 8sleep is the only mattress cover and technology duo that actively regulates temperature, keeping you as cool or as hot as you want. 8sleep combines this temperature control technology with their new Gentle Rise, which silently wakes you with vibration and gradual temperature changes. You can set the 8sleep system to naturally allow your body to fall asleep and wake up right from their Sleep OS app, the world's first operating system for sleep optimization. Your individual AI model learns your ideal thermal environment and automatically adjusts to keep you in a deep sleep. This is the future of sleep, young and profiters. I'm telling you. And during the pandemic, it was really easy for me to let my sleep schedule slide off the rails. I didn't have a commute. It was easy to sleep in and stay up later. I would stay in my pajamas all day and never feel like it was either always time to sleep or never time to sleep. I never knew when to sleep. My sleep schedule just went out the window. But once I started getting more disciplined with my nighttime rituals, my bedtime, waking up at the same day, no matter what, taking a shower like I used to right away in the morning before work, I immediately noticed that I had more energy throughout the day. And my 8sleep ProPod cover has taken my sleep schedule to a whole new level. I feel like I've become a master of sleep 
Through the app, I can track each night of sleep that I'm getting and adjust it to what works best for me. And not to mention, it's the most comfortable mattress I've ever had. And it has all these different perks like temperature control, health insights, and more. I am so excited to get sleep every night and I know I'm getting amazing quality sleep. This ProPod cover is amazing. I've got the mattress too. It is so bougie, so amazing. I absolutely love it. I feel so spoiled with my 8Sleep ProPod cover and mattress. But don't just take it from me. 8Sleep has garnered the attention from other CEOs, high performers, and top CrossFit athletes as well. We're all getting better sleep with 8Sleep and you should too. Go check out 8Sleep.com. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash yap and check out the ProPod cover to save $150 at checkout. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash yap and you'll save $150 on your ProPod cover. This is Hala from Young and Profiting encouraging you to invest in your sleep and invest in yourself. You won't regret it. Just visit 8sleep.com slash yap to save $150 on your ProPod cover. So continuing on the ABCs for a better career, the next one is B for build your brand. Once we've begun to recognize our strengths, we must next build our brand. Brand is defined as a mechanism that identifies a good or a service as distinct from other goods and services. The key word there is distinct. It doesn't say that you need to own your own company or be a master at a craft. All it says is that you need to be different from everybody else. What it means is that you need to build your own brand. Now, I want you to think about what makes you unique. What skills have you acquired over your lifetime? What are some of the experiences that you've lived through? What are the unique talents or quirks that only you have? Now, combine those together and make it your brand. Talent stacking is a concept coined by Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert comic. It's the idea that you can combine normal skills until you have the perfect mix to be extraordinary. Talent stacking is one of my favorite topics to talk about with my guests. I love this concept so much, and I always want to know what experiences and skills make up some of our greatest minds that we have on the show. Here's a clip from my conversation with Scott to better understand the concept of talent stacking. The other piece of advice that goes well with that is what I call talent stacking, where you build a number of talents that work well together. In my case, I'm not the world's greatest writer, and I'm, I'm not even anywhere near the best artist, but I can do both of those things. Hmm. And then I also had a, a background in business, so I had a content to write about. So if you had business skill with writing skill with artistic skill, None of those three skills has to be world-class. It's just that they fit together really well. And so I, I always recommend whatever you're doing, make sure that you add some complementary skills because that's what makes a luck look for you. In episode number 48, The Art of Talent Stacking with Dan Schwabel, a researcher and three-time best-selling author, we talked about his talent stack and how that propelled him into the perfect career. The biggest difference between how I view myself and my career when I was younger versus now is that back in the day when I was focused on personal branding, my conclusion was you have to be the best at what you do for a specific audience, right? Mm -hmm. Take a niche and own it. That was how I thought I had built my career. Yet now in hindsight, what I actually did was create a talent stack. 
Mm-hmm. I was successful. I stood out because of a lot of different skills that when combined gave me differentiation and a competitive advantage. Yep. And so I think it's this combination of marketing research, communication through writing, through presentations, et cetera, with branding, with social media skills, with the ability to network. All of this combined has made me very, very unique in the marketplace. And what I did was I took a skill or a set of skills that were scarce in HR and brought them to HR. Mm. So a lot of the skills I have are very common in the marketing world, but not common in the HR world. So I could have, and I had a choice to stay in the marketing world. I could have been, you know, some sort of marketing guru or worked as a CMO at a company. But because I took those skills and brought them into HR, I had a skill set that was very rare in HR. So I was able to stand out and grow faster. See, I just think this is such an important lesson. Everybody thinks they have to be the best at everything. And it's a common theme that I'm just realizing as I interview all these super smart, successful people. They're not the best at what they do. They're really good at multiple things. They merge it together and create their own lane and become very successful. And I saw that in you. So that's why. Yeah. I no, I don't think out. I'm the best at anything I do. I yeah, actually, well, I mean, I think you're yeah. great at what you do, but, but I'm not the best. I'm not the yeah. best at what I do. It's the collection of all those skills together, exactly. serving an industry where those skills collectively are rare that yep. has made me stand out and shine. Now that you understand your talent stack, this means you can get to work building your resume, website, or even your current work processes all centered around your brand. Dan and I also covered how he used his talent stack to not only find a new career, but also make his current job work better for him in the meantime. And then the smartest thing I did without really knowing the implications was outside of work on nights and weekends, I spent God knows how many, like, let's say at least 50 hours outside of a 50 hour full time job on building my personal brand. Back then I called it self-marketing. So 12 blog posts a week, mm. you know, posting on social networks, just really getting myself out there. Yeah. And then Fast Company profiled me six months in and EMC got wind of it and hired me to be the first social media person in the company's history and one of the first ever truly corporate social media people back in 2007. Wow. And then basically... That was all inspired by an article written by Tom Peters 10 years before called The Brand Called You, which is the reason why Fast Company magazine exists today. It was on the cover of The Brand Called You. And in that article, a lot of people were empowered by reading the article. There was one part of it that really called out to me that I thought was fascinating was it said something like, you know, you have to be the chief marketing officer for The Brand Called You, Build Me Inc. And then it went on to say the smartest people within an organization would create their own unique rules. Hmm. And what happened to me intentionally, unintentionally was I was able to create my own unique role. I literally wrote a job description as a 23 or 24 year old within a fortune tour in a company. So I was able to do that. And when that happened, I felt like I fulfilled my destiny. And <laughs> I was so inspired by those events occurring that that's what influenced me to write Me 2.0, which is my first book that came out in April, 2009. And now for our last segment of the ABCs to a better career, we have C for confidence. Now comes the hardest part, having confidence in yourself. You have the strengths and the brand to go after any job that you want. All you have to do is believe in yourself. 
You might think hiring managers are looking for someone who checks off every requirement on the job description, but I'm here to tell you that that's not always the case. In reality, they're just looking for someone who can confidently do the job. They know that there's a perfect person out there and you just have to show them that you are, in fact, that person. If you work on truly believing that you belong in that space, you'll be surprised how quickly opportunities will open up. New and better responsibilities will be given to you. And having self-confidence is crucial to succeeding in your job search and in your career. I want to end this Yap Snacks with episode number 56, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan, a confidence coach, speaker, and author. She tells us how you never know what the outcome is if you don't take that first confident step. I don't remember who it was that told me, maybe it was Ed Milet, when we're babies and children, we're born just stepping into fear and seeing it as excitement and evolution. Like a, a baby doesn't lay there and say, well, I've never crawled before. I don't know if I should give this a shot. And then once they're crawling, they don't say, well, I don't know if I should try to stand up. They just do. They mm -hmm. step into the fear. And when you look back on your life before people put limitations on you and you accepted them, before people told you you shouldn't try this, before people told you to go get in one lane, we innately knew continually to step into the fear, step into the unknown. And that's how our life would accelerate. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting, you know, based upon who you surround yourself with, if you follow your passions or don't, you know, what story you tell yourself, you could be the one that's holding you back, or you could be surrounding yourself with people holding you back, or you, you could be in a situation where, you know, you're not tapping into your real talents. But what I've learned is that in the past two years, I've grown more as a person, as a professional than I ever had in the last 14 years at that company. And that's really sad for me to understand that now because I can imagine how much further I would actually mm. be in life if I had been leaning into the fear, if I had been going to the next level every time that I got up to bat, you know, but yeah. I hadn't been. I had been doing the opposite. I was holding myself back so I could continue to fit into an environment that I had really outgrown. Yeah. So it ends up being a real gift to say, listen, if you're not scared today, you're not pushing the envelope, you're not growing. We were not built or born to just sit somewhere and be stagnant or even really to shrink. So why not step into that fear? Why not ask that person on the date? Why not write that book? Why not launch that show? And then one of the things that I I use as a tool when I get scared or, you know, should I do this or should I not? I say, what's the worst that's going to happen? And when you start laying it out for yourself, if I launch the show and the show stinks, I can evolve it and change it. I can ask mm -hmm. for help. I can hire someone that could advise me. I could cancel the show if I wanted to, but I'll never know if I don't take that opportunity and, and give it a shot. And there you have it, the ABCs to a better career. Finding the career path that's perfect for you can be a long process. Trust me, I know. I went from working at a radio station to then owning my own hip hop and entertainment news website and hosting parties to then working in corporate marketing at a water company, at a festival company, at HP and then Disney streaming services to then creating my own podcast and then finally my own marketing and podcast agency. And along the way, I gained all these unique skills to create a talent stack. 
And then I was able to become the perfect CEO for a marketing and podcast production agency with all these different skills. And I'm able to do what I love every single day. I am so happy with the career that I've built for myself. And right now I finally achieved my Ikigai, which is the Japanese concept for finding purpose in life. My marketing agency and my podcast agency has now combined the four fundamental components of life, which is passion, vocation, profession, and mission. And I want you guys to experience the same thing, whether that's building your own business or finding that perfect place in your current career. We all deserve to do what we love. And we also deserve to make a living doing what we love and feel like we are living our most fulfilled life. How did you feel about this episode? Tell me your main takeaway by leaving a review on Apple, CastBox, Podbean, or your favorite platform. Thank you for listening to this week's Yap Snacks and special shout out to my producer, Rebecca, for all her hard work and to the entire Yap team, Matt, Puneeth, and the whole crew. This is your host, Halataha, signing off.